conversation with Anthony Davis, talking about important things like, you know, why is it? And it's a very fair comment, and I, I totally agree. Why is it whenever you start a programme, you have to go, morning, and sound all sort of bubbly and cheery, whereas the majority of people listening are going, why don't you shut up? You know, nobody's that cheerful at that time of the morning. But the simple truth of the matter is we are that cheerful at that time. I mean, Anthony's not all the time. I'm not all the time. But you just, you turn a little button. I'm not going to tell you where it is, because otherwise people will be touching me on the train and things like that. But, I mean, you touch a little button and immediately you go into happy mode. Because there's no reason not to be happy when you're starting a programme. Even though, I mean, you know, they do say it's old Dr Footlights, isn't it? Exactly the same in a radio studio. The microphone comes on and whatever problems you think you might have kind of disappear because you think, do I want to... Oh, sod it, I'll tell people. And so the next thing, you've shared your problem, because a problem shared is a problem halved. But I did something yesterday which made me feel very, 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 very happy. And I didn't think something could make me feel that happy since the last time I tried something when I was 15. But, but I, I tried this thing yesterday, and it was purely by coincidence, purely by coincidence that I did something yesterday that I think you should go and try, because if you're over the age of 35, it's going to put a smile on your face. And it's so simple, and it's only going to cost you about a pound to do. Get a bus. Not just any bus. You're either going to get the number 9 or the number 15, and it goes all the way... I think it goes to Blackwall, but it goes past the Tower of London. I promise you, it's a route master, and I'm not into buses. I mean, you are listening here to somebody who really couldn't give a stuff about buses. I'm more interested in, in Anthony's toupee. Far more interested in, in how good that looks and why I can't have it to wear. Even though he did take a picture of me wearing it, I thought it looked quite cute, actually. But there again, I, I look quite cute, full stop. And I went on this bus yesterday, so I get on the bus, and we go to the Tower of London. We pick it up in the Strand. It's either the 9 or the 15, and it's apparently called the Heritage Route. That's all I can tell you. But it's a Routemaster bus. It's fantastic. None of this modern, you know, double-decker, all bright and shiny. This thing feels like it's being held together by a bit of glue and elastoplast. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a bit narrower. You'll, if you're over the age of 30... If you're over the age of 60 and you've not been on it, you'll love it even more. The only thing that they've, they've taken out... It's got the same seats, and it's still got that bit of wire that goes down where you go, ding, ding, where he pulls the wire. And you can use your Oyster card because the bloke's got a little electronic machine, which is the only thing that appears to have brought it screaming and kicking and shouting into 2009. But apart from that, I, I sat behind the driver. I watched the... I'm like 54, I'm sitting behind the driver, I'm getting excited about watching him sort of, you know, drive this thing and listening to it change gears, and when it stops you can hear the chain, and oh, it's just brilliant. The only thing it's not got is the wooden floor, but the rest of it is absolutely perfect. It's absolutely, it was wonderful. It was the highlight of my day. If you're not doing anything today, and I know it's a miserable old day, and it's, it's horrible outside, and it's wet, and it's going to be very cold later on, there's going to be, I think, sleet moving in, so I brought my umbrella... And I'm not going to light it up, though. Not the route I take in the morning. And um, and they reckon this week is going to be absolutely foul. Absolutely foul. So if you're waking up now thinking, I don't really want to get up for work, don't bother. Don't bother. Just do a sickie. Hello? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Um, you, but I really can't make it today. That's what people do. I go, you're right. My boss, years and years ago, years ago, I mean, this is like 20, 30 years ago, uh, I remember I, I phoned up sick. I said, I really can't make it because I was sick. I was really ill. And you know me, I'm, I, never t I never do holidays, I never do sickness. So if I'm sick and I'm off sick, I'm sick. You know, I'm practically dying because I really labour the point. And, and, he, and he got his secretary to phone up to say, are you really ill? I was so ill I couldn't shout down the phone. I was about to shout down the phone and use rude words. Of course I'm blooming well ill. You think I enjoy sitting at home? It's not much fun, let me tell you. Because I hate being sick. I hate being sick. But... 
I do absolutely, you know, love the idea of coming into work. So whether it's a Monday morning or a Friday morning makes not one jot of difference to me. But if you do nothing else, let go on a bus. Go and get the number nine or the number 15. And it's the route master. And I think it's called the heritage route. And it's just well worth it because you get thrown about all over the place. It's wonderful. It is fantastic. Uh, Nick in East London's been trying to find me in the new studio on YouTube, but I can't find it. What do I type in? I think if you type in uh, LBC, uh, I think if you type in Steve Allen Show, that finds it. In fact, strangely enough, there is a new uh, flip video up from last night, which was me on the bus yesterday. Me on the bus, me at um, the Tower of London, me at St Paul's Cathedral... And it's only like a little six-minute video. I think we filmed about eight minutes, seemed like forever. And uh, we filmed it, and then we've stuck it up on YouTube. And, in fact, by last night, we hadn't even mentioned it, over 100 people had looked at it by last night. Unfortunately, on the the studio, which is on YouTube, type in Steve Allen Show, A-L-L-E-N, Show, and that will, I think, take you to all the the things. That, if I'll, I'll try it again in a minute just to make sure I can, uh, I can find it on there. But I think there's about 11,000 hits on it. I think we were the 15th most requested person on YouTube in the United Kingdom. I'm not sure what, the, what that says for you or what it says for me, but... Mm. So I have to have a slurp of tea. I like my cup of tea first. You know, you can't beat a cup of tea in the morning. A cup of tea in a Route Master bus. A cup of tea in a Route Master... Go on it. It'll bring back such memories. All you need is, the, is bombs and the blitz going off around you and fog, you know, and you're there. It was absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. So that's where you find us, Nick in East London. I think it's Steve Allen's show. I'm going to try it now, just to see what's actually up there, because I can't remember what's there as well. So first of all, you go to YouTube, which is quite uh, quite easy to find. Wait a minute. Just, we might as well do this together, because we, we have done this before. So you go, work, 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 dot, and then it's U-T-U-B-E, youtube.com. Unfortunately, our, our new mouse in the studio, the thing that works the computer, is whizzing about all over the place. OK, selected language, Swahili. And uh, <laughs> might as well try it one day, might we? So it's S-T-E-V-E-A-L-L-E-N. Steve Allen Show. Search. And then it should put up... Oh, no, I think you've got to put Steve Allen Show LBC, because I've come up with furniture again. Oh, no, wait, there we are. Now, if you actually go to it, uh, it's got the um, Steve Allen Show... Jan the 4th, 2009, recorded uh, using a flip video camera. That's the one that's got Johnny on it. And this is the one that's had 11,631 hits. It's not bad, is it? Then we've got Steve Allen. There's another one here. Oh, plum, there's one that's had even more. 13,135. Then there's another one, which has had 6,900. Good Lord. More popular than we thought. The uh, Steve Allen and Alan Dodge and Abba Mega Mix has had nearly 8,000. Uh, another one here. That's uh, Steve Allen, Alan Dodge and Medley, 3,500. Cuts at 4,000. 4, oh, the, the one on stage at the Queen's Theatre has had nearly 2,000. Um, crikey. Then there's another one, only 877. That's a little bit disappointing. So there must be, I think, somewhere on this. Let me try and fix this right here. Um... Oh, Anthony Davis has got 810 views on there. Looking very cute, actually. Uh, Steve Allen, oh, that's not me. Uh, so it's got to be Steve Allen. Blimey, I wish I could find this blimey thing. Because we've got on here as well, um, there is Steve Allen at Croydon. And there is definitely Steve Allen the other day. And it's on the bus. And I'm blowed if I can find the blooming thing. 
but I, I shall find it somewhere. I shall have to find out, because I do get a lot of uh, Steve Allen, and it turns up that, uh, that old bloke, Steve Allen's dating video. Can't be me. Definitely can't be me. Nick Abbott, who's a popular British phone-in presenter. Certainly is. Now, why can't I find this thing? So, so it's got Steve Allen's show, LBC 97. I'm going to have to find out where the new one is. Actually, the chances are you'll probably find it before I do. And it's me on the bus yesterday, and it's my day out. And it's got part of that. At one point, we filmed the bus uh, going past us, which has got, there probably isn't a god. Do you remember there was that bus conductor or bus driver or whatever he was? He went, I'm not driving that. I'm not driving that out. And, um, and, and they said, why? He said, because I'm a committed Christian. You think, are we going to get more of these people? Are we going to get somebody coming out going, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not driving a bus that's advertising meat on the side of it. Or failing that, you know, I'm a Muslim. I'm not driving a bus that's got anything to do with Christianity on the side of it. Before you know where you are, you've opened a, a whole can of worms and people get all uppity. Because I've never heard of anything like it. But years ago, they'd have gone, drive it. Drive it or you're out. And nowadays, people go, it's a bit like watching Big Brother. Uh, I picked up my, my John Lennon CD, which came in the mail on Sunday. I actually found it this morning. I didn't get one yesterday, because I thought they'd all been uh, pinched. But at least I've got one today. And we've got lots of your texts and emails. Uh, Nick's not here this morning. He's over in America, even as we speak. I think they've uh, settled into the hotel. And so it's going to be Andrew with you this morning. And then tomorrow, Nick will be coming live. And we'll be doing the inauguration of uh, Barack Obama. So that'll be good. It'll be a nice one. It was good when he was out there last time. And then, strangely enough, he's doing... Tuesday and Wednesday, and I think they then fly back Thursday, and he's back here on Friday. Madness or what? You know what it's like with, with jet lag. You cannot function at all. I've, I've been there. I know exactly what it's like. And, I've cut, and I, you don't know where you are. You sit down, you know, well, I know what day it is, but unfortunately your mouth doesn't work. And you sit there, and it's just awful. Uh, Johnny says, came in from work, suffered five minutes of Colleen Nolan moaning about how useless she is at skating. Uh, she was wrong, far worse than useless, but gets paid for it. Saw Ray Quinn do his smug, annoying routine. And then to top it all, Aunt Sally lookalike, Holly Willoughby, with her favourite type of revealing dress. I don't know why she just doesn't go topless. It's cut out the middleman. It's all this, oh, heavens above, look, my breasts have fallen out again in front of the camera. And actually, I do, uh, Ray, Ray Quinn, you're right, is smug. Colleen does play that, uh, oh, I'm really not very good at this, am I? Oh, I'll mention Ray. That's her plank of a husband. Turn over for the half-ton son and wonder if he could skate as bad as Colleen. Must buy her Keep Fit DVD, says Johnny. She's an inspiration to those who have no talent but want to gig on television. I totally agree. We're all going to bring one out. I'm thinking, actually, of, uh, of going out there and doing with Anthony Davis uh, a synchronised swimming video. He doesn't know about this yet, and I, I was hoping that uh, we could sort of go down and perhaps, you know, both put our speedos on and get out there in the pool, and I could be the, the thing you hang on to and float around on, as opposed to anything that dives in. Because I can't dive. I can't dive. I've tried desperately, but I just can't do it. You know why? Because if I go under the water now, I've got to hold my nose like that, because I don't want to get water up my nose. And years ago, I could dive into water, and I could open my eyes underwater, and I could s and see it now. I can't do anything like that. In fact, the last time I went underwater, I was in the bath, and I panicked over that, because I found my long-lost submarine, which I lost in the bath some years ago. And I found that again, so that was quite nice. Shows how often I empty the bath water. Do you remember as kids, you'd have to save the bath water? Nobody had any bath water. For some reason, we had a shortage of water. And you'd get in the bath, and, and you'd, you'd start putting your mum going, don't pull the plug out! Your brother's got to have a bath! And then your auntie and your uncle, and you think, oh, thank God I was first. Imagine how dreadful that must have been. 5.15, it's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. 
certainly is. 19 minutes past uh, five. Anthony Davis emails. I'm not getting my speedos out for you, sunshine. Bermuda shorts may be. <sighs> Implying, of course, that he does have speedos. Because I reckon he has. I reckon somewhere in, in, a, in a chest of drawers, in, in a back bedroom somewhere, you pull them out and he's got a little pair of white speedos. And I think occasionally Anthony Davis puts them on and looks in the mirror and goes, I'm just too old to wear these things. I just can't do it now. But I bet he's got them. And you, likewise, I also have a pair of Speedos sitting in a drawer, but I haven't worn them for about the last 15 years. I don't know why. There's no chance I'm ever going to fit into them, but that's the fun thing, isn't it? When you get to my age, it doesn't matter if bits fall out all over the place. You know, you can actually make yourself... You know, you walk out of the, the, the changing room, and there's bits dropping on the floor, and it, and it just looks fun. People, oh, he's old. Doesn't matter, really, does it? Because you get a lot, of, a lot of Russians who do that. A lot of Russian men only buy uh, Speedos. I don't think you could buy any other sort of swimwear. And when we were in the south of France years and years ago, we discovered a lot of Frenchmen wear thongs. That's even worse. That's like a piece of string, isn't it? A piece of string with a small hammock at the front. I'm not saying Anthony Davis would have a thong or anything like that, but if he's definitely got speed Bermuda shorts, I mean, it's just so naff, isn't it? So naff. No, you will wear your Speedos for me. I know you will, because I'm that sort of person. You know, there's no point in disappointing and having tears at the poolside. Uh, I don't think Anthony, says Noreen, can catch, uh, can anywhere near catch up with you on the podcast front. I shall listen live, then podcast, and listen again. But the trouble is, the gauntlet has been thrown down. Old Jenny Barnett, the old Barnett Meisters, tried to do it as well. She sort of said, oh, you know, I'd like to... It'd be nice to have as many podcasts as Steve Allen. And, and I admit, if I wasn't Steve Allen, I'd be quite jealous of Steve Allen, whoever he is, and the amount of, uh, the amount of things that he's got. Uh, Anthony Davis has got Speedos. They're blue. I, t- I knew he would have. Absolutely. In fact... You put them on in front of the mirror, don't you? You put them on in front of... I know. Because in my mind, I've got an image of this. I don't know why. I just have. So there you go. Mind you, mine... I'm, <laughs> I was, so now I'm going down a strange cul-de-sac here and I wish I wasn't doing it. So I, I shall change the subject completely and we'll think about something else. Oh, the YouTube link is... Oh, I'm never going to find that. I mean, how can I do that? If that's the... Is that the YouTube link of... Wait a minute, let me just have a chat. Mike in Australia. I'm just going to have a look and see if it's the uh, the right one. Uh, uh, suggested Lang. Am I doing that? Am I doing it? Oh, is it down there? Wait a minute. No, it's not there. No, it's not there. So, uh, suggested... Welcome to YouTube. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the Yule contain a malformed video. I've never been called a malformed video, so that's definitely not it. Definitely not it. Because it doesn't have my, my name on it, so I'm not going to that, uh, Mike, on that one, I'm afraid. Strange, actually, that you're called Mike, but you come up as Teresa. A little bit worrying, isn't it? Are you a sex change, or are you just one of those people who can't make up their mind? 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. We're, we're trying desperately to find this, this um, video that we put on yesterday. It went on last night. In fact, I'm pretty certain it went on last night. Is it on there? I just have to check on my phone to see if somebody sent me a, a text message. No, they didn't. I'm sure it's up there because I've, I've got something at um, at home about it. So it's definitely there. Anyway, uh, some of the stories for the papers today. Uh, dreary old Michelle Heaton, that old bag, still dragging her weary carcass through the Big Brother house, still sobbing and crying. What a waste of space she is. Compulsive liar, as you now know. The sort of person that you couldn't trust anywhere. The sort of dirty girl who tells you about what underwear she's wearing. And the boring Ben Adams. God knows, I had no idea somebody could be that boring. You know, this is a guy who was in a boy band 
and did lots of silly posing and posturing and pretending he had any talent, whereas, in fact, he's got absolutely bugger-all talent, I'm afraid. Sorry to use the word all, but, you know, one has to at this time of the morning. That's, you know, bugger-next talent. Anyway, whatever it is, he doesn't have very much of it, and he spends most of his time just sitting there, staring into the distance. And then, they, you know, they'll all say afterwards, won't they, oh, I was portrayed badly. Michelle Heaton just comes over as a whoo! Absolutely, you know, the kind of thing that you put out with the with the milk at night, I think. Or perhaps bring it in with the milk. Oh, I don't know, whatever you do with the milk in the morning. So I'm back to Anthony Speedos again. I'm losing track of it this morning. But I just don't like her. And did you see Ulrika Johnson nearly losing her temper because apparently Terry Christian walked in front of her? He actually walked... She was talking to somebody, he walked in front of her and she looked at him and I thought, now you know why you can't keep a man because you're nasty. You're a nasty woman. Uh, and all of her men last about five minutes because they're all Rika Johnson and she turns it on. The moment she's sort of got the child and she's married them, she gets bored and she looks around for something else. Exactly the same as Jerry Halliwell. Jerry Halliwell is commonly known in the business as a piece of hard work. You know that because when she got pregnant, she didn't want anything to do with the father of the children. Do you remember? He was kind of shunned, pushed to one side. She can't keep a relationship for love nor money. She, uh, she uh, for, uh, for a short while, walked around with this dog tucked under her arm until she got bored with that, so she gave that to her mother. It was a dog that couldn't walk. Well, it could walk, it's just that she refused to put it down. Um, she's a pain in the rear end, I'm afraid. Now she's found somebody else, and uh, she started smoking cigars. She's, unfortunately, Jerry Halliwell has always been an attention seeker. She's never actually had very much talent at all. She's always made uh, a lot out of very little. She was, if you remember, she's tried various game shows. Then she sort of came up with this image in the Spice Girls. I should imagine every single one of them were going, oh, God, here she is again. Little Miss Showoff. And unfortunately, that's all she's doing now. But she's all by herself. She's fallen for this bloke who apparently is a shipping magnet or something. I don't know, something like that. It's all very hard. Whatever it is, it won't last five minutes. OK, now let's have a check on this one here from Jeremy. He says, this is a link to all my uh, video. Oh, right. Oh, there it is. There you go. Oh, look, we've had 129 views. Now, what you have to do... Right, so can we, can we use that link? Can we cut and paste that link and put that on the blog today? We'll, we'll do that. So, in fact, it's got all of them on there. It's got... There's one here. What's that one? January 11th, LBC. There must be another one. Uh, January 11th, a week ago. Then there's 827 views on that one. Oh, that must have been from... That's from yesterday. No, it can't. It must last week, actually. And then Steve Allen, 6,000 views, 11,000 on that one. But it's yesterday. Steve's quick day out with the flip. And uh, it's had 129 views, which is quite sweet, isn't it? What we'll do, we will put a link on the blog today. And it's that one there. That one there. Does that any help? Forward the, don't ask me to... Just, were you asking me to do something? I've got no idea what you... She says, can you forward that to me? Like, like I would understand what that meant. We'll put it up there, and then you can have a look... And so that's there. Thank you, Jeremy, very much indeed. And then people can can have a look at my day out yesterday. It's been condensed into a, into a few minutes, but it's quite good, and you get a glimpse of the Route Master bus, which is very nice, isn't it? Mm. I know it's Monday. <coughs> Sorry, nearly choked there. <laughs> Do you know when you go into the sea? I've got this obsession with the sea now. And, and you take a mouthful of water, and you, get <coughs> and you start coughing up salt water. Oh! Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And that reminded me of that, because I don't do swimming pool water, because that's all full of chlorinated stuff and everything. I don't mind uh, chlorine, but I'm just, I'm just not big on swallowing great gulps of it, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Oh, somebody else has found it as well. Thank you very much indeed. So that's the Steve Allen Show. So it's youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Steve Allen Show. And then you can find my uh, video from yesterday. You're going to love it, actually. It's really cute. It's not very long as they say. Uh, but it is, but it is entertaining. 
which is nice. Steve, the video is called The Quick Day Out. John says the Blackwall Tunnel is southbound is closed. Robin Essex says I've just uh, finished work on my way home. Great show to listen to after 12 hours of misery. You're not a rent boy, are you, by any chance? You know, because I often think, 12 hours of misery, you know, if you're tied up by Boy George. We were, I was arguing about this, I was discussing this with a friend of mine last night. And she said, but, you know, you can't just go tying people up. And I said, yeah, but if you're, a, if you're an escort or a rent boy, surely that's what you, you would, you, you don't go around there for a chat and a game of chess. You're going round to be tied up, aren't you? Perhaps it's just me again. Perhaps, I mean, I just, that's what I assumed these, these rent boys did. I assume that they enjoy being tied up. I've got probably a few listeners listening at the moment who enjoy being tied up. That's my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine last night. She said her worst nightmare is to sort of be going out with somebody who dies on top of them. And we both couldn't work out how, what you would do. How Imagine, here is the situation. She's handcuffed. I mean, this was her scenario, not mine. She's handcuffed to the bed... And the person on top of her, perhaps reading her a book or something, dies. And you can't do anything because you're handcuffed to the bed. <laughs> Imagine, what do you do? She's got a very vivid imagination, this woman, let me tell you. And I was trying to think, I mean, if, if, you're, if your feet are tied to the bottom of the bed, Bryn and Annie, don't try this at home, and you've got, your hands are handcuffed, and you've got somebody on top of you who's a bit of a dead weight, you can't roll them off or anything. Can't, you're kind of stuck there, whichever way. Sounds awful. Anyway, try to take that image out of your mind and think to yourself, it's coming up to 5.30 and it's a, it's a Monday morning. Everything else will just fall into place, as they say. That's another joke there. Uh, still to come, uh, the heiress, that's uh, the dreary Paris Hilton, not an heiress at all, and uh, Emma Bunton, apparently, according to the paper, has finally grown up. I've seen no evidence of this whatsoever, but loose women need to kickstart themselves. They're rapidly turning into a bit of a dreary programme. <laughs> And, of course, she is. So that was that was kind of thrown out. Which was the same... Do you remember um, uh, Charlene Tilton in Dallas? She was called the Poison Dwarf because her character was so evil. And Terry Wogan called her the Poison Dwarf. He said, ah, oh, here she is, the old Poison Dwarf again. And, uh, and that's what she became known as. And she then started capitalising on it. And then she turned up Charlene Tilton a short while ago. I was only thinking about her a minute ago. Uh, in, in some uh, show of it... Did she turn up in The Farm, that reality show... And people are going, oh, my God, fathers, what are they doing? But anyway, it turns out that celebrity big brother Babe, take that whichever way you want, for Babe read very infantile, Michelle Heaton was at the centre of a new fix-round. It turns out that she has the same agent as Ben Adams. They've got the same agent. So they're saying that they're obviously trying to get some stories to get... Well, I mean, you can't make anything up out of him. He's so boring. I mean, she is dreary, to say the least. And the trouble is, and I don't want to be rude about it... I'm going to have to be... It's this blooming northern accent. There's something about northern accents that just grate with me. I can't do northern accents. I don't know why. You get somebody who looks lovely, you know, Jennifer Ellison. She looks lovely, and then she opens that big gob of hers, and it's, uh, you know, they're whack. You know, we thought I'd talk like this. And you think, oh, my God. The women sound more like the fellas. It's really awful. I mean, the liver birds, we, you know, we let them get away with because it, we thought it was a comedy programme. I had no idea till I went up to Liverpool. They speak like this. You're right there, whack. This is to me. I said, I beg your pardon. So I went to Marks and Spencer's the other day in Richmond. And, uh, and I bought a couple of shirts. I bought three, actually. And um, 
and uh, the the bloke said because he was standing there and he, he looked as though he'd rather be somewhere else, you know, like perhaps propping up a bar, and uh, and he went uh, at uh, twenty seven uh, pound for three. I know, very good. So I gave him three three tens. He went thirty quid. This is in Marks and Spencer's thirty quid, and I went da da da. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. I nearly dragged him over the counter. Excuse me, this is Marks and Spencer's. We'll have a bit of you know, little bit of uh, respect. I'm afraid. Cheers, mate. Yeah, you can understand it in the local bakery or in Woolworths. Oh, no, Woolworths have gone. Oh, there they go. How funny is that? Uh, but you don't expect it in Marks and Spencers. You get mate. Never been called mate in my life. Horrible. Here she is being taken out for her nightly run. Sorry, it's a, a miserable night out. It's uh, old Vic Beckham. She's, I mean, you really have to look at this picture. Having seen the other day the airbrush pictures where they gave her a neck like a swan, because nobody's got a neck like that unless they've literally stretched you on a torture rack, love. So here she is out with Mr Misery, the husband, and you look at them together and you think, God, you look bloody miserable. They've got to be seen out, but she looks like she's being helped out because she's so frail. He looks like he's holding her up. They've both got faces on them like squashed lemons. You know, Mr and Mrs Misery, you can imagine. What do they talk about? Oh, God, I don't want to be here. don't want to eat anything. Vic, eat something. I can't eat anything. I can't eat anything. Go on, eat something. I'll, I'll eat the napkin. And it's just, you look at her here. She's, thir- what is she, 31, I think, 34. She looks about 70. She looks so ancient and fret And the hair, as you know, is shot through now. He looks as miserable as sin. Do you think they've actually got any, any quality of life? All right, you might have all the money and loads of pictures taken, but by God, they're bloody miserable as a couple, aren't they? No happiness. No, she's sort of looking at the pavement thing. Oh, oh, fall over. Just need to get home, get some more pictures taken. Oh, picture, then another paparazzi. And that's about it. And this picture here kind of epit- epitomises them. They're as boring as, as hell. They said something else then. They're so boring. I mean, she's wearing what can only be described as a big bird outfit. It's quite funny. But she's covered up this extremely long neck of hers, which doesn't exist, of course. The hair's now scraped back, because it's the best way to try and make it look a bit more. And she's got a face like a squash lemon. And he looks as miserable as sin anyway. And he's holding her, but not holding hands like generally people do. It's like he's holding her up. Pathetic. Oh, God in heaven. Oh, God. Sorry. Bit of a shock there. Bit of a shot, sorry. I just turned over the page and apparently Madonna has released some more pictures of herself. I don't want to be rude about this, but frankly, if you're as old and as unattractive, wearing a kind of G-string with... It just looks disgusting. It really does. Oh, dear me, I can't believe that. Which other page? This appears in, and, you know, before you sort of say, oh, Steve Allen's being rude about somebody again... I am, because you have to look at the pictures of Madonna in the paper today. The, the sun must carry this, because it's uh, it's so awful, you just can't believe how... Oh, strange enough, it's not. Wait a minute, is it? Oh, it's not. Isn't that funny? I thought the sun would have this on the front page and, and make it quite interesting. No, instead they've got James Corden, and they say women fancy him. No, they don't. I'm sorry. The little fat, ugly bloke who's not funny, they don't find uh, at all interesting. Let's have a look in the mirror. Already... It's a picture of boy George in his cell. Isn't that funny? Already. He's been in there five minutes. Already they have a picture of of him in his cell. Here it is, Madonna. Now, I defy any woman to look at this picture of Madonna on page nine and go, that looks attractive. In fact, this time, she's managing to flash even more of her crotch than she did in the last promo picture. It looks ugly. Um, I can only say that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, dear God, love, you know, if you were standing on a street corner, you'd have been arrested. 
I've never seen anything look so rough in my entire... Don't you realise what a complete prat you look? You cannot look at these pictures and realise... What she's doing is... And she's a grandmother. She's wearing... A bandage around her boobs, her rather saggy boobs. She's got this G-string type thing on, which is over a pair of uh, tights which have got all holes in. And she's wearing these thigh-length boots, um, sort of kinky boot things. And then there's a bandage going round the top of her, her sort of crotch area. I can only tell you it looks like an old, sad grandmother flogging some something that died some years ago. I've never seen anything like it. It's awful. I mean, tell you what, Madge, says the Daily Mirror, next time, why don't you use a few more bandages and go for the full Egyptian mummy look? Might stop you looking so tootin-common. Tootin... OK? Tootin... Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll try to explain it to somebody later. But I tell you, look at the pictures of it, and you think, oh, God, uh, there's such a thing as looking disgusting, and that's looking disgusting, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Let's get round to some more of your texts and emails. Oh, incidentally, if you're not feeling up to it today, and if you're feeling a little bit... You know, Monday morning, traditionally, you feel depressed. Today is the most depressing day of the year. The 19th of January is the most depressing day of the year because it's the winter blues, it's the fact you've got no money... It's the fact that it's a Monday. So, traditionally, this day, the 19th of January, is the most depressing. So, if you're feeling a little bit under the weather, don't worry about it, because you're in keeping with the rest of the country. The rest of the country is going, I <sighs> don't really want to be around. It's Monday, isn't it? I hate Monday. I hate Monday. Why? Because I've had a nice weekend, I've had Saturday, Sunday, and now it's back to work. It's Monday. I don't want to do it. And I haven't got any money either. And I can't afford to do this, and it's going to be wet, and, and I have to stand at the bus stop. My umbrella will blow inside out, because I didn't follow Steve Allen's advice and buy a Gus Buster. So I'm going to stand there. I'm going to get very wet. I'm going to get into work. Somebody's going to be in a bad mood. My boss is going to call me in, and I'm going to be in trouble. And then I'm going to have a rotten day, and I'm also trying to give up smoking, so I'm really stressed. I don't want to drink during the week, so I'm going to have to stand at the bus stop again with a load of smelly people, and my, still my umbrella be inside out. And I've got to get on the bus, and I won't get a seat. I'll have to stand, because there's bound to be single mothers with push chairs all over the place. And I'll have to push put up with that. And I'll get in, and all of a sudden there'll be a click, and the electricity will go off. My boiler will break, and it really isn't looking at all promising at all. It's Monday, and I don't like Monday. But don't worry about it. It's always somebody worse off than yourself. Unfortunately, we don't know who they are because we don't actually hear from them because their phone's been taken away. But there are lots of people who are worse off than yourself. I promise you. I, really, I, I don't know anybody personally, but I'm sure there will be. Uh, John says. Uh, I've just heard you find your video, but you should have clicked on the date, added the tab, and the latest clips come up first on the listing. Thank you. I think we've actually got those. I think that's now, that's now sorted. Uh, Steve, says Johnny, in all the years you've broadcasted, is there a list of the worst celebs you've met, but to the public has sold a clean, wholesome image? Um, no, there isn't, actually. No. Strangely enough, um, I, I don't have worst celebs, because if I don't like somebody, I don't interview them. It's as simple as that. They don't, they don't say to me, you've got to interview so-and-so. They say, how, how do you feel about talking to so-and-so? And I'll go, yeah, I'll talk to them. I'll talk, I think they could be interesting. Some, I turn down more than I do for the simple reason that you look at some people and think, oh, I don't think you could sustain an hour of conversation. I don't think you, don't think you could sustain five minutes of conversation. Uh, and that's why I, I would never do people like Michelle Heaton. I would never do something like Jordan. I would never do anything like that uh, Jodie Marsh creature. N none of those sort of things. Because they're, they're, they're just naff, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, because I live in Australia, says Mike. YouTube defines my region, uh, defaults to my region, hence the AU in the URL. 
I've got no idea what you're talking about. It's it's another world out there, I'm afraid. Another world. Uh, Am I right in thinking Boy George got arrested for handcuffing another guy? So he's in prison, wherever he's locked up and handcuffed and full of guys. No, they're not handcuffed in prison. It's an old gag, anyway, that was used the other day. And it was used, I tell you, by Jasper Carrot in in a gig that he did years ago, where he was talking about, you know, years ago, homosexuality used to be illegal. And as a punishment, they locked you up in a room with lots of other men. You know, he also, that was the same thing where he talked about the scout movement. He said, you can imagine baden Powell sitting there going, I've got this great idea, it's called Scouting for Boys. And somebody goes, you're off your bloody trolley, Baden, aren't you? He goes, no, 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 it's great. He said, what we do is we take all these boys deep into the woods and we get them to tie each other up to trees and the best one becomes a queen scout. And they're going, you're off your trolley, Baden. You'll never get this one off the ground. Lo and behold, scouting for boys it is. Uh, Anyway, it's like arresting a kid for stealing sweets and then sending him to a sweet shop. That's no punishment. It's paradise, says Simon. Well, apparently, uh, he's very frightened in there because he's known as a batty boy. Uh, Batty boy, apparently, I think is Jamaican slang for uh, for homosexual, which, of course, is quite funny, actually, because you see all these Jamaican boys going around with their trousers halfway down their bottom. If anything looks a bit batty, I think it's that, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and they put him in, in a cell with a Jamaican guy who's looking after him in exchange for cigarettes and peppermints, going to prove how easy it is in prison to actually get somebody on your side, take in a packet of peppermints, and they'll be your friend for life. Which is good news, isn't it? But already they, they've got pictures on the front of the mirror this morning, so somebody's gone in there, because they're allowed... Strangely enough, in prison, you're allowed phones... And quite clearly cameras. So, you, I mean, how? I've got no idea. So somebody's gone in there, taken a picture, and then emailed it to the papers for 20 quid or something like that. They've said, send me 20 quid and you can use this. So they put it on the front page, because it's definitely a, a camera phone picture. He doesn't know it's being taken. So, I mean, it's quite clearly somebody in prison. could be a warden. Who knows? There's enough of those around who'll take pictures. And they seem to have got somebody who's in there with him, saying, you know, he's, he's working in the kitchen, and he's doing this, and he's not enjoying it, and everything else. Uh, Steve, uh, I bet you wouldn't say those scornful things about Madonna if she was standing in front of you. Uh, well, of course we would. That's why the papers have said it, I'm afraid. The the papers actually, um, have said exactly the same as I've said. So, uh, you know, I've just echoed what they've said. They said, I don't think... Uh, I don't think you, she would squash you. And what do you think she would say about it? I don't think she can string two words together, frankly. Who gives a stuff about what Madonna thinks? You look at the picture of the paper, you know exactly what it is. Mike in Fulham. Stop slagging off the world and his wife and cheer up. Mike, I couldn't be happier. Do you know, I could, do you know, you know why? I get paid for this. It's unbelievable, isn't it? In this day and age. Have you ever done a conversation with uh, Bernard Cribbins? Um... No, but LBC did use Bernard Cribbins some years ago, and he was used for our advertising campaign. Uh, and it was called... It was a big... Um, it was uh, London Talkback Radio then. It was one of the uh, strange incarnations it went through. And Bernard Cribbins, the man who did the... So there I was, digging this hole, hole in the ground. It's a big and, so, and he did the, uh, the voiceover for LBC. And uh, we had a competition called Let's Be Avenue. As in, Let's Be Avenue, but it was Let's Be avenue it was a road and we gave away money so bernard cribbins did all the uh, the voiceovers for that as well but and i he came in but i do not remember ever talking to him about it ever talking to eight for eight five oh uh tony the night bus says it's number 15 the last thing i want to go in is another bus thank you but no thanks Anne says don't keep picking on poor anthony yes he does have speedos i had a view the other night 
That's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Uh, the video's called Quick Day Out. Thank you. Mike says, uh, hello to all the sad people on Facebook who have no life. People do put some very funny stuff on there. Pauline Croydon says it's the 15. I'm pretty sure it only runs to the Rootmaster on a weekend. Aha. Uh-huh. And, uh, and one here says the nightmare of being handcuffed to the bed was written by Stephen King. No, 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 no. Written by my Auntie Enid and Uncle Jack. I remember vividly. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's 11 minutes to 6. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. It's Blue Monday. Blue Monday, the day when you go, don't want to get up, don't want to go to work, don't want to do anything. And uh, so I know that Anthony overnight was looking at things that make you feel happy. Things that, apparently, cleaning the car. I never thought cleaning the car made you feel happy. I can't think of anything. What did we come for? Tea. Oh, right. Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Luke. Leave the bag in, I've decided this time. It might change the colour of the stuff. I'm a little bit worried about, you know. What illnesses I'm likely to pick up over the next next hour and ten minutes or so. So washing the car apparently makes you feel good. No, it doesn't. Having the car washed makes you feel good. I like getting my car. Although at the moment, as I came out this morning, it was it was raining a bit and tiddling down. I thought, oh, at least it'll wash the car. It doesn't. It just puts rain on the roof and then the sides of the car never look any different, I'm afraid. Still looks dirty. Although my car looks clean most of the time. Although I notice it because it's um, because it does get... And after it's respray, it looks even nicer. So I'm very happy at the moment. So baking a cake, does that make, feel, make you feel good if you're at home? Do you feel good when you bake the cake? That that smell of... My mother used to bake all the time. I still love the smell of baking. Never actually... Uh, never done it. I did have a go at the Pillsbury dough stuff some years ago when you could make them and then you drizzled... St- it was a load of old rubbish, actually. But I think you could still buy the Pillsbury dough, I think. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk um, Steve... Uh, and I'm being paid to sit here with my feet up, says Mike in Fulham, which is a new place. He said, uh, until seven. Always a joy to listen to. He said, uh, I say mate as I know you hate it, so it cheers me up. Now I just say that to wind you up. <laughs> 84850 uh, and Don't forget, we'll, we'll put the link on again. The most downloaded blog in the history of LBC is ours. And if you go there later on, we'll make sure there's a link on to the, uh, the video on the website, OK, which is fantastic. Uh, which paper is Madonna in? She's in most of the papers. And they've all said exactly the same. Put it away, Grandma. It needs ironing. It looks terrible. Daily Mail today... Uh, billions more taxpayers cash at risk in the new bailout. And uh, what's on the recipe today? Giraffe. Giraffe steaks. Uh, you do need four tomatoes peeled, tablespoon of red wine, sour cream, uh, steak marinade of marjoram, thyme, cracked black pepper and vegetable oil. And uh, giraffe steaks apparently are quite delicious. Don't quite see it myself, I'm afraid. Don't quite see it myself. Not my sort of thing. Uh, I do worry... About two things to the paper. First of all, this uh, Laura Stainforth, this girl who's gone off with this man that she met on the internet. Um, I don't want to be rude about her. She's 15. She's got a mobile phone. Um, They're trying to find her. This man is old enough to be her grandfather. He was obviously grooming her on the internet. She can't be that stupid. There's been enough warning in the newspapers about uh, young girls going off with old men. But as I pointed out yesterday on the programme, there's a very good chance that these sort of people... Uh, who groom, say, uh, listen, Laura, um, I'm Ben's father. Would you like to come and meet him? So that's that's how it works, I'm afraid. That's how it works. Uh, and also the burglars who broke into the home of a 78-year-old woman killed her pet budgie when she refused to hand over the savings. Isn't that absolutely... Who would do that? What sort of sick people would do that? 
Dreadful. Um, Graham says, where do you presenters enter a radio station? Through the roof. Through the roof. We come in by helicopter. What a stupid question. Where do you enter the radio station? Uh, Noreen's off today for her blood tests. Uh, then the haematologist. Then meeting ex-workmates of Brian. But she's going to watch the pro... Oh, here we go. Then she's going to watch the programme tonight on The Little Chef. I'm also going to be watching it. She wanted... Oh, dear Lord above. <laughs> Doesn't look right, does it? Have that foam, right? No, the foam is not right. Not on a tea. It's the foam that's the worrying thing, isn't it? I don't know where the, where the foam comes from in a cup of tea. I don't know. Perhaps it's a milkshake or something. I'm sure if we had it analysed, there's probably something in here that's living. <laughs> we love a cup of tea in the morning. It's just we're not particularly good at doing them, I'm afraid. Anyway, uh, Noreen says, I got a call from a friend, 3.20 yesterday, to say, if you can be ready in ten minutes, do you want to go see Dancing on Ice? I was ready, she says, in five. We got there at four, cut a long story short. We didn't get in. They cut the queue, eight in front of us. So at least we got home in time to see it on television. Never mind, always another day, and I was going to boo at Colleen for you. <laughs> good girl. So we're like, listen, good luck with the blood test. Uh, mine, I've still got the bruise on my arm. Still got the bruise on my arm, which I think lasts for, uh, for a few days, but I'm worried about that. Oh, we'll have, um, later on, we'll find out how the sports editor Phil did with the horse race. It's not looking promising. We were doing better with Mr... Uh, Mr Cushing, I'm afraid. <laughs> At least he was fairly consistent. And uh, coming up on uh, the breakfast programme this morning, Andrew Pierce is in for Nick Ferrari. They've got uh, Jane Mulcairins doing the papers again. So that'd be nice, won't it? Every time she comes down, it's like major laryngitis, isn't it? But uh, she's in, Deputy London Light Features Editor. Uh, also, they're talking about Bush's last day, The Legacy. And uh, they're talking to Yasmin Alibi-Brown, columnist for The Independent and The Standard, and William Shawcross. Uh, plus the new bank bailout. Will unemployment rise? They say yes. Peter Spencer, chief economist for Ernst & Young, will be in. And um, they're going to be talking about the demand for psychics. Soar apparently, they say here, why is the demand for psychics soaring in the city? I wasn't aware it was. But apparently, they say, it could be. And are purebred dogs a bit dim? Roger, Roger Mugford will be in, who's well known to LBC listeners over the years. But I, I'm more concerned about psychics. So, in other words, are people going to psychics to say, is this. I mean, LBC over the years, as you know, regular listeners, uh, have often had psychics on the programmes, but it was always sold as an entertainment. It was the kind of thing that you put on air because people phoned up. And you know damn well. And in fact, we, we've actually conducted our own on the programme before. Because anybody who phones up a psychic has got a problem. You never phone up a psychic or go and see a psychic if there's nothing the matter. So, in other words, they know that if you phone up, they listen to your voice, they think, right, you sound elderly, be problems with your feet. Guaranteed. I mean, I, I can do it myself. I listen to somebody's voice and I can go, right, so you're a young-sounding person. So either it's exams you're worried about or it's a relationship, OK? Uh, if it's a middle-aged sort of person, it's probably to do with either your job, money or moving, OK, so and this is what's commonly known in the business as cold reading, cold reading. So in other words, it, you can guarantee if you get an elderly person on, you, c you can guarantee there'll be something the matter with them. It'll be an illness. They, they, they're not going to be worried about a love life, are they? You know, you're going to get to 70 and not start worrying about that you're going to need two lolly sticks and a piece of twine. You know, you're not going to worry about this kind of thing. You're going to worry about your health. And it's generally feet. And they used to have a very good guy on with, with Clive Bull years and years ago. And he used to listen to vibrations, so he said. I never quite understood it. But he actually used to say to them, Oh, I can see... Oh, that cupboard door in your kitchen needs doing. But if you think about it, every single thing, and if you analyse it and bring it down, there's something... I, I can actually say to somebody... If somebody came on the phone, I could say, 
Do you know, I'm not sure about that colour green. Because knowing somewhere in your place there's going to be a colour green and it's not going to go with something. You can pick on or, or, or saying, you know, you really should... You know, that, that friend that you're not talking to, you haven't spoken to for a little while, you know, you should really should phone them today. I know you don't want to, but you should really. And out of, you know, and if I say to you in your mind at the moment, think of a, think of a picture card. Many of you are thinking of a jack at the moment. Because most people, if you say to somebody, think of a card, if you think of a number, most people think of a seven. If I ask you to think of a picture card, you'll probably think of a jack. Most people will probably think jack of clubs. So out of, say, 150,000 people listening at the moment, there might be 100,000 of you be going, that is unbelievable, I thought of the jack of clubs. How's it? There'll be 50,000 people go, what a load of old rubbish. And that's how it works. That's why you'll never find Yuri Geller bending a spoon under laboratory conditions. Because he can't do it. It's as simple as that. And the excuse given is the vibrations are not right. There's somebody here giving off negative energy. So you can always get away with it. You can always go, it's not going to work today because of. Because I've always said, if Yuri Geller says he bends spoons with the power of his mind, put it on the table and bend it. You'll sit there till hell freezes over. It will never, ever happen. Yeah, I can show you magicians who can do everything he does and you wouldn't suspect a thing. Fantastic, isn't it? And now I'm a member of the Magic Circle. I can happily sit here and uh, say the number you're thinking of is 66. OK, just, so, you know, for somebody listening, they get, that's un- we live at number 66. Like Bob Monkhouse, he says, I'm very happy to stand here and tell you that I'm still having sex at 73. He said, unfortunately, I live at 58, so <laughs> it's an old gag and it's always one I want to weave in onto the programme. Listen, news is coming up very shortly. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen till 7. <laughs> Morning, everybody. It's seven minutes. No, it's not. It's eight. Oh, I don't know where it is now. Where is it? Eight minutes. Who cares? It's Blue Monday. It's Blue Monday. But I'm trying to dispense with the fact that it's, it's a bit of a downer because I'd rather you were a bit more upbeat today. Because it is Monday, there are stories in the papers that fill you with uh, horror and there are stories that make you smile. And of course the big story last week was of that US Airways jet. And in fact a friend of mine uh, sent an email to Captain Sullenberger because one of the uh, papers inadvertently printed the fact that he's, he has his own website. His family have a website. And so a friend of mine... Uh, sent him an email saying, listen, you're going to get millions of these things, but just to tell you what a fantastic person you are. What a fantastic... And they've lifted this airliner out now of, uh, of the river, and it's amazing that it's, it's all practically complete. There's just bits missing off it, like an engine, you know, things like that. Nothing too important. And part of a wing. But, but the fact that this man managed to land it, about a minute he had to, to get his thoughts together, land it, it glided in. How you glide something that's so many tonnes, I've got no idea, because otherwise we'd all be flying up there. And uh, he landed it on a place, and it's very fast moving, that river, uh, where all the pleasure boats were, so they were able to circle it very quickly and get the people off. How fantastic. No loss of life. Everybody very happy. Just just a really, really nice story. So that's good. Uh, why you should also forget the first time you fell in love. Come on. Hands up. I bet you all remember, every single one of you, the first time, you know, you fell in love. Don't you get... Oh. And everybody sells you. Isn't it great? No, it's not. It is horrible. The first time you fall in love, you're a kid, your hormones are all over the place, you've got no idea, it makes you depressed, it makes you miserable, you don't know what to do, you can't go out, your parents are getting on your back. It's just awful. Actually, talk to your parents getting on your back. The spoiled under 30 crowd will recognise this instantly. Because do you remember when you were a child... Adults used to bore you to tears with these tedious diatribes about how hard things were when they were growing up. What with walking 25 miles to school every morning, uphill, barefoot, both ways. And you'd go, yadda, yadda, yadda. Yeah, of course. And I remember at the time, 
promising myself that when I grew up, there was no way that I was going to lay a bunch of rubbish like that on kids about how hard I had it and how easy they've got it. But now that I'm over the ripe old age of 30, I can't help but look around and notice the youth of today. You've got it so easy. I mean, compared to my childhood, you live in a utopia. And I hate to say it, but you kids today, you don't know how good you've got it. I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't have the internet. If we wanted to know something, you went to the library and looked it up in the card catalogue. There was no email. You actually had to write somebody a letter with a pen. Unbelievable though it seems, you had to. Then you had to walk all the way across the street, put it in the post box, and it would take like a week to get there. There were no MP3s or Napsters. If you wanted to steal music, you had to hitchhike to the damn record store and shoplift it all by yourself. We had to wait all day, tape it off the radio, and the DJ would generally talk over the beginning and screw it all up. You'd be going, don't talk, don't talk. Oh, I haven't got a perfect copy. Because the DJ would be going, it's coming up to uh, 12 minutes past six, here come the Beatles, and it's... And then they go, and you think, no, why did you spoil it? We didn't have fancy things like call waiting. If you were on the phone and somebody else called, they got a busy signal, that was it. We didn't have caller ID. When the phone rang, you had no idea who it was. Could be your school, your mum, your boss, the bookie, your drug dealer, a collections agent. You had no idea. You just had to pick it up and take your chances. We didn't have any fancy Sony PlayStation video games, high-resolution 3D graphics. We had the Atari 2600 games like Space Invaders and Asteroids. Your guy was a little square. You actually had to use your imagination. There were no multiple levels or screens. It was just one screen forever. And you could never win. The game just kept getting harder and harder and faster and faster until he died. A bit like life, really. You had to use a little book called a TV Guide to find out what was on. You were screwed when it came to channel surfing because you had to actually get off the settee, go to the television and push a button to change channels. None of this sitting there with a remote control. Not surprised we're all fat and lardy. Cartoon Network. Phew, you could only get cartoons on a Saturday morning. Do you hear what I'm saying? We had to wait... All week for a cartoon. Not like now. The kids are, oh, that's cartoons, rugrats, this, all the rest of it. We didn't have microwaves. If you wanted to heat something up, you used the stove. See, the trouble is, you kids wouldn't have lasted five minutes back in 1980 or before. Because we had to work very hard at it. And that's why we're still here and you're going, oh, I can't. My phone's not working. Tap, 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 tap. Not work. Hello? We never had that. You wanted to use the phone. You had to go out the house, make sure you had 2P with you, and walk to the phone box. And if there was somebody in it and it was pouring with rain, you stood outside and got wet. It was as simple as that. But we loved it, didn't we? We love being over 30. I love it. I feel sorry for the kids for today. They've got so much and nothing to look forward to. We had so little and everything to look for. Everything was a bonus. You know, I remember having... Actually, I remember getting my very first... And I had to rent it, because I couldn't afford to buy one like everybody else. It was a video recorder. And it, it, it would look like a piano keys on the top. You push record and play. And I thought... And, we, and I put a tape in, push record and play, and then you stopped it and you rewound it and you pushed it back. And you went, I've just recorded that! I've just recorded the test card! Because it was daytime and there was nothing on. Luckily, you didn't have to suffer with rubbish like Jeremy Kyle and the Trisha Show. Mind you, not for much longer with the Trisha Show. And, uh, and the news only came on, I think, about twice a day. Now, you know, we didn't have that, that much choice of radio stations. Look at the choice now. Vast choice. You know, don't like one station? Move to another. Luckily, LBC's audience sticks with the same station all the way through. Thank good. Which is good news. More people listen longer to LBC 97.3. I don't need to blow a trumpet or anything like that. Well, I can't blow a trumpet. I used to be able to, but now you're... <laughs> I can't do it. It just doesn't work. Do a flugelhorn, and that's about it. So, Blue Monday, forget about it. And uh, poor old John, he says, it just so happens this particular Blue Monday is my birthday. Well, boy, are you in for a rotten day. It's, you just have to put it to one side. The, the worst thing is, when you're older and you have a birthday, nobody acknowledges it. You have to write to a radio presenter to say it's my birthday. 
And then the radio, because everybody at home's going, come on, get up. And you get, like, why is nobody so happy birthday? So happy, you know, when you're a kid, it's great. Because your dad brings you up your breakfast in the morning, if you're that lucky, on the tray would be a card from your mum or dad and your brother or your sister or whoever it happened to be. And then when the postman arrived, there'd be more cards. Although there was that advert on the television, wasn't there? Little girl looking out the window and it's her birthday and the postman looked up and then he walked on. He didn't have any cards for her. And then the swine turned round. He had cards all the time. He was winding her up. God, blimey, I'd have dragged him through the letterbox. Dragged him through the letterbox. I noticed on the front of the Sunday Times yesterday and I was mortified that I missed it on the programme. Uh, this is the revolting Grace Mugabe. This is Robert Mugabe's wife who punched outside her luxury Hong-, Hong Kong hotel as Sunday Times photographer, the revolting Grace Mugabe and her equally vile husband. You certainly will not be going to visit the baby Jesus, Grace, or your husband, I'm afraid. You're going straight to hell. Do not pass go, and do not go anywhere else at all. Listen, uh, loads more of your texts and emails coming up in a second, and uh, I don't want to talk about being in love anymore. I find it far too depressing on a Monday. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 6.20, it's Monday morning. Uh, spare a thought for a lady called... Miss Humphreys. Miss Humphreys. If you saw a picture of Miss Humphreys, she looks a little bit like that lady who did that documentary. Uh, I now can't remember her name, but she was the one who looked much older than she was and lived and had to go to the stream and get the water, and it was all very sad. But the reason that uh, poor 69-year-old Hannah Patricia Humphreys is in the papers today is because the television licensing police are after her. They've been after her for the last five years, and she's been threatened with fines and everything else, and she's written to them, and she said, Listen, I'm 69... I don't have a television. Will you not keep writing to me? They've turned up. They've turned up on the doorstep. She said, listen, please come and have a look round the house. Look everywhere. I don't have a television. In fact, she hasn't owned a television since 1978, when she turned it on and discovered a load of old rubbish there was on there. And ever since then, they just refused to accept the fact that she doesn't have a television. So they've turned up, they've been through the house. They're convinced she's hiding it. And she keeps saying... I don't have a television. She's a, she's a good girl. She listens to the radio. She says, now, because I don't own a television set, I feel as I'm being treated like a criminal. Listen, you stick to your guns, Miss Humphreys. They have been accused of being a little bit heavy-handed. She's 69. I mean, it's small wonder people take the law into their own hands. Anyway, they have opened an inquiry now to fight... I mean, she hasn't got a television. It's like people who get pursued. You see these stories in the papers every so often. Somebody be pursued by the electricity company. They go, we only have gas here. Uh, well, you have... Ele- no, we don't have any electricity at all. We've got gas, OK? Or we don't have gas, we've only got electric. And so it goes on. And for some reason, you're dealing with some right buffoons who just refuse to accept it. Uh, talking of uh, refusing to accept things, the news came through yesterday that Tony Hart... The man who inspired generations of young artists had died at the age of 83. He had been ill, had Tony, for about eight or nine years. But I grew up with him with Vision On, Heartbeat, Saturday Special, Smart Heart, uh, all sides. What this man did on television, I think, was nothing short of a miracle. People of a certain generation will remember Tony Hart with great, great affection. He was one of those people. He was a bit, to me, like uh, Mark Spate. They were passionate about what they did, and they did it very well on the television. Anybody who does an art programme, I sit there, I can't draw for toffee. I never could. I was rubbish at school. Rubbish. Mind you, our art class, we used to do peculiar things. Used to make us draw a box... And then freehand, do the letter O in the middle. So you'd have to draw a box, mark off where, where the middle points were to do a perfect freehand at Y. I've got no idea. And then we had to do a letter P. And in the end, you did the whole alphabet. My favourite bit, though, was where we used to get bits of cardboard, cut bits out to make stained glass windows. 
and stick toffee papers over the back and hang about. That was about the most exciting thing we did. I never did anything else in art. What we did art for, I've got no idea. None of us could draw for toffee. So when somebody like Tony Hart, who inspired generations of people to start cutting and going to their mum, go, Mum, have you got an old cornflakes box? Well, not re- oh, Can we take the cornflakes out, Mum? I need, need to use the box. Got to make something. And you start cutting the box and sticking it, and then Blue Peter followed on. And I remember going to the Blue Peter office some years ago, and, and on the windowsill were all the different models that they had coming up, including that ghastly Tracy Island. I don't know anybody who ever made it, but I know it was the most requested thing in the entire universe, which is fantastic. 84850, uk. Uh, Brian said, not just Monday for me, because my partner Ken was diagnosed with terminal cancer in October. Every day has been a blue day since. He went downhill fast, uh, and so far only spent two weeks home, and he's been back in hospital since the 18th of December. It's blue every day for me. He says, uh, great show. It's the only thing that actually makes me smile at the moment. I listen every day. Good for you, Brian. Good for you. It's not easy. I've been through it. Loads of other people have been through it. It's, it's really not an easy time. But uh, if we, at least if we're making you smile, I feel like we're doing something. Because the one thing you do need to do is smile. And I know that there's quite a few people listening who've, who've told me... In fact, we had a lovely lady, I was just telling Amanda a moment ago, who turned up to one of our shows at the Shaw Theatre. She queued up in the early hours of the morning, freezing cold... Uh, then she went into hospital and uh, she discharged herself from hospital, sat there in the front row of the Shaw Theatre for one of the shows. With a hos- I said, you've got your hospital band on. She said, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. She said, but I wasn't going to miss the show because I'd bought the ticket. And sadly, she, she died about three weeks after that. But she was so desperate to see, see one of the shows, I think just to see what I looked like and whether I was as good looking as she thought I was. I don't think she was disappointed. Uh, Noreen says... I've been trying to do something on my mobile for six to seven months while queuing at the ice thing. Ask friend's daughter, 28, four seconds it took her. Don't you feel such a fool? Don't you, don't you think you get to that certain age and you suddenly... I remember telling people that I had a, a kid in once who had written a, a kid, a child, a young person, 13 he was, and he'd written a book on how to solve the Rubik's Cube and he could do it in, I think, 11 seconds. I sat there, I could have killed, I think, if somebody... You know, there's nothing worse than a child taking your Rubik's Cube and going... Uh, there you go. And you think, oh, God, don't we just hate you? Uh, 84850, uk. I love that. Blackwall Tunnel northbound is shut. The lorry has lost its load. I know because I'm sitting behind it, says Darren the cabbie. It has a full load and the diesel's been spilt. It's going to be for a while. That's oh, all we need, isn't it? Things like that. Why do these lorries overturn in tunnels? Uh, Steve, I didn't have television, so you had it easier than me. And Dave says, I paid 750 quid for my first video recorder back in the 70s. Must have been mad. That's why nobody could afford to buy things. We all went to the, uh, to the hire shop. That's what we did. That's what we did. Justin reckons the M25 flooded at Seven Oaks. And uh, no accidents as yet, but bound to be. So leave early. Very heavy rain and sleet and sheet water all over the place. It's here. We had sleet as I was coming out this morning. I knew it was sleet because I could feel it. But I was determined not to actually put the uh, the umbrella up that quickly. But I will later. Uh, Steve, TV licensing run by uh, a certain company. I used to work for them. Awful. That lady's experience is typical. Typical. Uh, Steve, I have a TV and the BBC no, but I can't get a signal, so I don't need a licence. Do you know that people went to court because they were claiming they never watched television on their, on their television set, even though it received pictures, they used it for watching videos. And 
And, a, well, a couple of people got away with it in court some years ago because they said, but unfortunately, your machine is capable of receiving pictures. So even if you just quickly nip on and just have a look, you've effectively looked at a picture that you should be paying for. Steve, I'm going to sell my TV and listen to the radio. LBC. I don't need a TV licence. You don't, actually. You do not need a TV licence. And spare a thought, as I say, for poor Miss Humphreys, who doesn't want a TV licence, doesn't have a television, and, and just wish they'd go away and leave her alone. And so say all of us. Another picture of... Oh, dear, Madonna. Every said exactly the same. Put it away, dear. It just looks revolting now. And uh, killer winds. 100 mile an hour gales. More snow will blow in. They say today, better warn you, wintry showers, which could include sleet and hail... The north, sunshine and rain developing into snow flurries. Tomorrow, rainy and cold with a threat of thunderstorms. It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, the north, cloudy with rain. We don't really care about the north. I don't know why I'm mentioning the north, actually. Nothing to do with us. Uh, Wednesday, cold and wet. Should turn sunny by midday. Uh, and that's it. In the north, cold and wet again. But, you know, you, you make your bed and you lie in it. If you want to choose to live up north, it's your own problem, as far as I'm concerned. More stories from the papers coming up. The other side of the news. More of your texts and emails. Steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. Have a chat to Phil Blacker as well about what's happening in the horse racing department. It's really dreadful. Some of the things you might want to look at today at six o'clock... Chiswick Auctions, London W3. I bet old uh, O'Brien will be nipping down to this one. It's the Craze Auction. The Craze Auction. Personal belongings of the notorious East End Brothers going on sale. Lots include sunglasses, cufflinks and photographs. Make sure you buy them, all right, or I'll send the boys round. I can't imagine anybody in their right mind actually daring to sell anything that belonged to the Craze. I think you take your life in your hands, don't you, with that one? But uh, apparently it's OK. Uh, and also Grease, cast change... This is at the Piccadilly Theatre. Jimmy Osmond stars as the Teen Angel. Isn't that great? Jimmy Osmond. Oh, and Piers Morgan's recording his chat show with Sharon Osbourne. How boring is that? If only all was well in the horse racing world for us. But sadly, another week with one winner each is just not good enough, says Alex. The poor returns were just hemorrhaging money. Uh, on Friday, King Fontaine... Sounded like a reggae singer. I, I'd back that one for Alex. Came in fifth out of 13th, lost £2. Total loss now £10.97. The sports editor went for Seacliff. Fifth out of nine. Oh, yeah. Lost £2. Right Total off loss. last week, I think. Yeah, you weren't having a good week, were no. you? I think your concentration's elsewhere. Far be it. You're I, I tend to go in little patches. I have a good run and a bad run. So yes. uh, we, we, we Can you try and make sure it's a good we, patch? We'll do a good week. week. <laughs> do a good week, I think, this time. <laughs> right, so Wolverhampton are off today, which is the all-weather track, isn't it? Yep. Uh, two o'clock, Flawless Diamond, win only. Flawless Diamond, two o'clock, Wolverhampton. Okay. Phil? I've given up on the all-weather, because I think that was part of the problem last week, so I'm going to Hereford today, one fifty. Aussie Deal to win. Aussie Deal? Aussie Deal, one fifty at Hereford. I'm going to have to start, I think, you know, coming up with forfeits for you to pay if you don't, <laughs> no, if don't. You don't win. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it, it might just frighten you a little bit. <laughs> anyway, thanks for that, Phil, very much indeed. See you later on. Phil will be back uh, later on. Andrew Pierce is in for breakfast this morning, because Nick is over in America, so tomorrow Nick's breakfast show will come from Washington, D.C., and on Wednesday as well, and then Andrew's back in on Thursday uh, as Nick flies back, and Nick will be here on Friday. Uh, Jay says, Steve, I live in Newcastle, but I choose to listen to LBC. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Steve, Blue Monday, you've copied that, says Bob. Uh, no, it's in all the papers, actually, Blue Monday. <laughs> it's in every single paper today. It's a known fact. The scientists have come up with why it's called Blue Monday the 19th. 
So it's in every paper. So we certainly don't... Co- we don't need to copy. Good God. Why would we copy from something we- nobody listens to anymore? Heavens above. Uh, Tony and Kennelly says, uh, good old LBC. I was on my way to the Blackwall Tunnel, but I did a detour onto the M25 to get to age 13. Good. Uh, another one here. Steve, I don't live in London, but I choose to listen to LBC as well. That's very good, isn't it? I like the idea that there's more people out of town listening to LBC. I'm very happy. Uh, and poor uh, Evan Croydon also doesn't have a television and also kept getting be- plagued by these threatening letters. And it says, are these people paid for from the licence? If so, is it not something better than harassing people without a television? You pay for the transmitting system, which is run by the BBC, which is why everybody with receiving equipment has to pay. However, DVD players without receivers are available, so the authorities can't harass you. It's annoying, isn't it, when... I used to have a friend who used to work for the licensing authority and they used to go round and uh, persuade people. Persuade people, didn't you, Steve? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Steve, why are you not on the junket to the USA capital? Uh, because I can't think of anything worse, to be honest with you all, than actually having to get on a plane and flying out somewhere and then start broadcasting because I suffer from jet lag. Not generally on the way out, but on the way back, I would be really quite bad, I'm afraid. So best we send Nick... Because he, he does two days, then he'll get back on the plane, come back in again. And I think if last time, I think he was doing a show at two in the morning, but it was, it was normal time for us. Uh, Steve, about that uh, poor lady uh, being troubled by the licensing people, she has to tell them, she has told them she's got no TV to you. Uh, no, she has to, sorry, I'm the rest of your thing. She has told them she's got no television. But um, I'm a regular listener to you and have been for about two months. That's what we like to hear. A little bit longer would be better. Uh, Steve, that's got to be the sexiest picture I've seen of Madonna. Oh, dear. Quite clearly a barmy has crawled out of the woodwork. Actually, I was going to mention quickly that there's a picture again in the... I mentioned earlier on about uh, Mr and Mrs Beckham. She looks like she's being helped. You wouldn't believe this is supposed to be a 34-year-old very fit woman. And they came up with this rubbish the other day that the reason she looks so good in the photos is because for the last six months she's been running nine miles a day. There's no evidence to suggest this at all. In fact, she doesn't look, look as though she can even walk without the aid of her husband. But they've got him with this guy called Kaka. I think that's how you pronounce it, and uh, he's, he's worth a lot of money. Do you know how much... Apparently, this is how much Beckham earns. I mean, it's almost revoltingly obscene. I'm sorry to upset you this time in the morning. He has a basic salary of around £65,000 a week at LA Galaxy. £65,000 a week, uh, paid by Milan as part of the loan deal. He earns an extra... How much from merchandise and promotion? £500,000 a week. Five hundred two million pounds a month, about twenty-four million pounds a year in sponsorship deals. I'm here to tell you that Steve Allen is available for any sort of sponsorship deals that are going. I'll happily wear anything. You can have things tattooed on my body. I will wear anything. I shall walk round Leicester Square naked if it's worth money. The very idea you can earn five hundred. Richard Park thinking mm, seems like a good idea. I can get Steve Allen out there wearing. <laughs> I could just see it now. Uh, do take my advice, though, and do take the warning from the uh, weather departments that snow and sleet in the week ahead. It's not going to be very good at all, I'm afraid. It really isn't. And here she is. It's Lady uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, this is the Donna Teller Versace lookalike. Before the cocaine, I should imagine, because <laughs> Donna Teller Versace doesn't exactly look the best in the world, but she was doing a, an appearance at GAY. I never quite understand, and I, I can't quite get to grips with the fact, I shall have to check with Jeremy Joseph, on why it is that the papers always print all these uh, so-called exotic girls coming on to gay men. What would be the purpose of this? You know, I don't quite... They go, and here she is, look, and the guys really loved it. They're gay. 
I don't think they're really that interested. You know, she could take all her clothes off and it wouldn't make the slightest difference at all. Uh, here's this girl again. Are they in France? This is uh, Laura Stainforth uh, with this man who she's met on the internet. Quite worrying. Quite worrying. Uh, the RSPCA have settled that row. Do you remember the, uh, the cow that was so ill it couldn't stand up and the RSPCA uh, took it away and put it down? Uh, put down on health grounds. She'd been ill for a year and couldn't even stand up. And so they've given them another cow. So uh, they can look after that one. Uh, more on... T- Do you know, I've missed television at the moment. I haven't watched anything. I didn't even watch the uh, Dancing on Ice. I didn't watch it, and I'm really sorry, because I'm going to make sure that I watch it next week. Uh, I have looked at a fraudster who raked in over a million quid by conning customers. His name's Joseph Kennedy. He used to quote tarmac jobs at pounds per square metre, then later insisted the price was per square foot. He lived in a caravan but drove a Mercedes and a Bentley. He would scare people into paying up. He transferred all his money into his kids' names, and the courts have seized it. So that's good news, isn't it? About time we started getting some money back from these people who rip people off. Oh, dear. Terrible. Uh, the Tesco staff story is going to run today. Not as much as it ran yesterday. This is about the uh, workers who may face, face disciplinary action after calling customers uh, morons, idiots, lazy, smug, smelly, things like that. Some woman turned up in a Tesco, I think in Romford or round there anyway, certainly in Essex, and she was thrown out because she smelt. Uh, it seemed fairly, fairly all right to me because she was wearing Wellington boots covered in manure. And I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, but you don't walk through a food store with Wellingtons covered in manure, but of course she'll be the usual one. We'll have the tears and the crying and all the other stuff. Now, there was another story I was trying to find in a paper earlier on, and I can't remember. It ran from yesterday. Oh, here it is. This is BBC so-called beauty. I don't know why that's, uh, why that's necessary for me to tell you that. She just reads the news. You've never seen her before. Her name's uh, Tasmin Lucia Khan, and uh, this is a 28-year-old uh, who's so good that she's on... BBC Six or something like that. And she was late getting in to read the bulletin. And, so, and had to read like that. And so in the end, it was only a short bulletin anyway. But uh, quite clear she's made a name because they've run that twice. Ran yesterday and it's run today in the papers. And I'm delighted to say that uh, they say fiery TV star Kelly Osborne, revolting old bag Kelly Osborne, I'm afraid, slapped a woman in a club who said her fiancé was dim. She allegedly confronted Zoe Griffin in Punk Nightclub after she claimed that model Luke Worrell didn't know what an earthquake was. Gossip columnist Griffin said, Kelly shouted loudly in my ear, I have an issue with you. Everybody's been laughing at my boyfriend. Then I felt a hard slap. Griffin told the police who arrested Kelly um, that uh, she's now released on bail until March. Can't go around slapping people, Kelly, because otherwise if I'd been that girl, I'd have turned around and smacked you in the face as well. You just, you know, you can't do things like that. It's not nice. It's not nice, is it? Mind you, your whole family is not particularly nice. So I can't wait to see what Piers Morgan's going to drag out of your dreary mother. Why I was so fat and had liposuction, and uh, why I'm not on television very often. It's because people were bored with Sharon Osbourne, but never let it stand in the way of a good story. Quarter to seven. Ten to seven is the time. It's Blue Monday, all the papers tell you, because the experts uh, are telling you that the 19th of January, traditionally, is the day when you get the blues because you haven't been paid yet. It's been a long time since Christmas. It's miserable weather. It's cold. It's damp. It's the beginning of the week. You don't want to go to work. All you just want... If you had money in your bank account today, that would be different. But if you haven't, it's Blue Monday, as affectionately called by... All the papers. I did... I wanted to mention Tesco again, because there's been three stories about Tesco. Uh, The one where they turned the woman away because she was wearing wellies covered in manure. And I can understand that. You don't want to be in a food store with somebody walking around with their wellies on. I'm terribly sorry, but, you know, we've got standards. The other one 
was where a dad was asked for proof of his age when he bought a pack of party poppers at Tesco. Uh, he is nearly 50. Staff told uh, Morris Harris he had to prove he was over 18 as the £1.99 bag of 50 poppers were classed as explosives. When he was finally sold them, he was finally sold them when a security guard he knew at the store in Bedworth vouched for him. Postman Morris said, I'm 50 next month, but I look older. I've hardly got a hair on my head. Tesco have now apologised. They must be employing some really dim staff because, here's another one. Now, how this one works, I've got no idea. An off-duty policeman goes into Tesco. Uh, This is in Chelmsford in Essex, we know very well. Uh, PC Tony Brown is 23. The staff stopped him buying a bottle of wine. Okay, he's 23. They stopped him. He showed them his warrant card to say that he was over 23. He was 23. And the reason they wouldn't sell it to him was because his partner who was with him was 18. So, in other words, if I go out with one of my godchildren and I want to buy a bottle of wine, technically Tesco's will not sell it to you because the person I'm with is under the age of 11. Have you ever heard of anything so stupid in your entire life? The store in Chelmsford claimed police had asked it not to sell alcohol to under-21s. He's 23. He's buying alcohol. He happens to have somebody... It's it's like saying, all right, darling, you're not really with me tonight. Okay, go away, go away, go away. Now can I buy the wine? No, because that partner is 18. You think, you can drink at 18 in this country. I think Tesco are making up their own rules at the moment. It's all a little bit worried. However, if you go to Romania... Uh, they're a bit dimmer there because staff in the bank got held up the other day and handed over £4,500 to a raider who had armed himself with an umbrella. He turned up with an umbrella and they gave him £4,500. Jerry Halliwell, her new squeeze is a shipping tycoon. Uh, I don't want to uh, sort of put the mockers on a relationship, but I'm telling you now it'll last five minutes. Five minutes, this relationship. She cannot keep a relationship. She's very, very hard work. Once people have got over the excitement, oh, it's Jerry Halliwell, she just turns out to be another boring person, not really working at the moment. And it's not exactly that exciting. So she can't make herself any more exciting. So they sort of capitalise on the publicity of being with her. And she then gets fed up and, uh, and gets a bit, a bit like Kelly Osborne or any of the Osborne family, a dreary family at the outset. Why on earth Piers Morgan is interviewing Sharon? I've got no idea for his chat show. What on earth has she got to say? She's a, she's a rather elderly lady now with lots of surgery who can't handle a drink very well. And that's about the best you can say. Danny, I did get the book and we talked about it. In fact, we all got it. It's very nice indeed. Thank you very much. Apparently this week we're going to be having, um, we're going to be having breakfast delivered. I'm looking forward to that. Quite looking forward to breakfast being delivered. I had Cocoa Pops the other week, a bit excited. Not for me, of course, but uh, for everybody else. But I quite like the idea. We had fish and chips delivered one year. Fish and chips. By the time it got here, it was a little bit soggy, but it was still nice. Still nice. Uh, Steve, I live in the northeast of England and listen to you, so stop the bigotry and racism. I don't like you. I think you're all mad as March hares, I'm afraid. You can't speak properly, and you've all got whippets and flat caps. Very worrying. It's only racist. It's not racist. Don't be so stupid. You can't be racist. I'm British. Although, incidentally, if you really want to talk racism, originally, I'm from Africa. I'm African descent, OK? If you really want to know. Uh, Ray in Barkingside said, every Monday's Blue Monday to me. I'm a manic depressive. <laughs> it's not good, is it, really? Every Monday. She, I don't mind any day of the week. I love every day. I love every day. And Johnny says, I credit the Beckham's agent for pulling off the con of the century. Nice but dim Dave has made a fortune out of being the Peter Sellers character, Chance. <laughs> I love it. I never understand how the Beckons have done it. And Karen says, if you're with the children shopping, does that mean we can't buy wine? Well, apparently not. Not according to Tesco's. If you go to Chelmsford, uh, I think you should all go to Chelmsford today with kids. 
drag your elderly relatives down there and see whether or not you can still buy stuff. It'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? I quite, I always like pushing it. I, I like pushing it as far as I can in, in shops. I'm also quite pleased to see uh, Mr Motivator back on GMTV, because we always liked him. Always liked him. Uh, Steve, loving your show as usual. Still giggling over your flowering bush, says Sheila, and breaking the lights at Hornchurch. Thank you. Celebrating my retirement today by going to South Africa and taking my new iPhone, which I got, as you like yours so much. Have you found apps yet on iTunes? Yep. Something will cheer you up. Is uh, an interactive book. There's Postman Plum, and it's free, and Malcolm Mushroom and Sultana Sue. They're great fun. will make you laugh. Listen, just getting out of bed in the morning makes me laugh, I have to tell you. There's nothing, nothing else. I, I did see on the front of the Sunday Express magazine, they've got Bye Bye Baby, Why Emma Bunton Has Finally Grown Up. I have noticed no evidence of this. I don't want to be rude to Miss Bunton. I'm sure he's quite charming. But at one point, she turned up on the Loose Women panel. They were going, oh, she's one of the Loose Women. And that was the last we ever saw of her. Mainly because, I think, she's not actually been around long enough to have any opinion or to be able to talk about anything. Which is a shame. Kelly Brook has already put one over on Amanda Holden. She claimed first blood in the Battle of the Babes after being out, out, asked out on a date at an audition. I think that's what they're going to do. Do you know nobody knew about this? Simon Cowell kept it really, really quiet that he had booked Kelly Brook. Uh, and Amanda Holden, we're told, is furious, but I think that's just PR puff. And uh, now they've got them on there. What on earth Kelly Brooks got any idea about? I've got no idea. The most boring person on Celebrity Love Island. In fact, so much so, her co-host refused to talk to her. She was so dim. So I don't think you can do a, a lot. Yeah, I know. I say the same. Kelly who? Kelly who? Pretty, but, you know, pretty but dim. And Danny Bear is moving back to London. That's good news. After she appeared on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, she misguidedly thinks her career is going to be kick-started. And so she's moving back here because apparently she's had a, a couple of offers... Uh, for television programmes. I've got no idea where they'd be employing you, Danny, but I'm sure you must be thrilled to bits. Uh, we, of course, are going Danny who, I'm afraid. Uh, Tom Cruise is uh, going to be turning out with Jonathan Ross this week, and he'll be talking about his new film, Valkyrie. And they're still going on about... And I really must watch, actually, uh, more of Michelle Heaton. Having realised that she's dreary and boring and more than just a little bit tacky, I think we have to vote her out this week. But she's not up for eviction. Coolio and Ulrika Johnson are up for eviction. I know. Nobody likes Ulrika Johnson. Isn't it funny? No matter what poor old Ulrika does, and I'm told she does it averagely well, um, nobody likes her. They just don't like her at all. I don't know why. A lot of people going on holiday... They've decided they want to get away from this horrible weather we've got in this country, and they want to get out there and uh, and have a little bit of sunshine. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, steve, how do you get away with insulting people from the north? Well, it's quite easy. Very simple, actually. And, in fact, you can't libel a group of people. I'll actually tell you that now. I can actually say all people up north are thick as brushes. And sadly, you know, most of them are. But you can't libel a group of people. If I sort of picked on one particular person from up north, well, that might be different. But uh, I think if they come from up north, they're, they're dim anyway, and you start with a handicap, don't you? A, you can't speak properly, and B, you probably sort of, you know, walk up hills clutching hovis loaves of bread and stuff like that. It's all a bit dreary, and that's why people from up north listen to Radio Down South, because at least you can understand what we're saying. So that's good news, isn't it? Anyway, I'm back with you. Uh, tomorrow on the programme, do remember to podcast, please, lbc.co.uk. After the news, Andrew's with you on 97.3. Anna 